welcome to Hebraic Insights in the Gospels. Join us every Sabbath on Zion Road Radio for a look at the life, deeds, and words of Yeshua Messiah and his followers. From the Torah-centric Hebraic perspective, they were originally lived and written in. Today's program is on Mark chapter 7, verse 1 through verse 23. Does Zion ministry claim to be keeping Jewish tradition? Can keeping religious traditions make you righteous or change your heart? Where did the tradition of the elders come from? And is keeping tradition what makes you an Israelite? What holds more weight? the commandments of Elohim, or tradition. If commandments, then does that mean that all traditions are bad? How can we properly navigate this issue of commandments versus tradition? Stay tuned through to the end of today's program for Eliyahu Ben David's insight on commandments versus tradition in Mark chapter 7, verse 1 through verse 23. And now, here's today's scripture portion. Mark, chapter 7, verse 1 through verse 23. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes gathered together to him, that is Yeshua, having come from Jerusalem. Now when they saw some of his disciples eating bread with defiled, that is, unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all Judeans don't eat unless they wash their hands and forearms, holding to the tradition of the elders. They don't eat when they come from the marketplace unless they bathe themselves, and there are many other things which they have received to hold to, washing of cups, pitchers, bronze vessels, and couches. The Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why don't your disciples walk according to the tradition of the elders? but eat their bread with unwashed hands? He answered them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For you set aside the commandment of Elohim and hold tightly to the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and you do many other such things. He said to them, Full well do you reject the commandment of Elohim, that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother. And he who speaks evil of father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, 
If a man tells his father or his mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is Corban, that is to say, given to Elohim, then you no longer allow him to do anything for his father or his mother, making void the word of Elohim by your tradition, which you have handed down. You do many things like this. He called all the multitude to himself and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing from outside of the man that going into him can defile him. But the things which proceed out of the man are those that defile the man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had entered into a house away from the multitude, his disciples asked him about the parable. He said to them, Are you thus without understanding also? Don't you perceive that whatever goes into the man from outside can't defile him because it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach, then into the latrine, thus purifying all foods? He said, That which proceeds out of the man that defiles the man. For from within, out of the hearts of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, sexual sins, murders, thefts, covetings, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. And now, here's Eliyahu ben David with some insight on commandments versus tradition. Stand at the crossroads and look Ask for the ancient paths Ask where the good way is And walk in it And you find rest for your Greetings, friends. I think we've got such an interesting topic tonight. Commandments or traditions. You know, in almost any tradition, this can be a very controversial kind of topic. And certainly among Messianic believers, this can be a controversial topic. But what we're going to be focusing on tonight is what Yeshua Messiah himself said about this topic of commandments or traditions. So we're going to get right into this now. So I think I'll just go through and pick out a few things. We saw that the Pharisees found fault with Yeshua because his disciples did not wash the hands before they ate. But it wasn't because they weren't washing their hands, it's because they weren't keeping the tradition of the elders. And the Pharisees and scribes asked him, why don't your disciples walk 
according to the tradition of the elders. Well, what is that all about? I have here a note from the Jewish New Testament commentary, and I think this is helpful. The Purushim, that is the Pharisees, had interpreted the written Torah, and their sages and rabbis had decreed additional rules. So this happened while and after the Jews were in Babylon, while they were exiled in Babylon. And then later on, there was a remnant that went back to Jerusalem, but the majority had stayed in Babylon. And during this time period, they started developing this religious tradition. And the sages and wise men and so forth considered the Torah. Now, they didn't want the same thing to happen again. They didn't want to end up going back into exile again. So they kind of thought, if we had some additional rules, maybe this won't happen to us. Maybe we won't end up going back again. So what they did is they studied the Torah, and they added more rules to the Torah, kind of like fencing you off before you get to the cliff. That was kind of the thinking, okay, that many of them had. Now, later on, this developed into something they did with other motives. So it started out, I think, with a good motive, but then it kind of turned into a habit where rabbis and sages ended up making up all kinds of things, actually. So the tradition of the elders is what later on and today is called the oral Torah. And what the claim is, is that Moses wrote down the Torah, but then there was a whole other Torah that was just passed down that was verbal. There's no proof for that. And what it explains here in the commentary is what actually happened, that later on certain sages and rabbis added to the Torah, added traditions to the Torah. This is the oral Torah. Now, I mentioned it's the oral Torah. This is the same as the Talmud. You hear about the Talmud a lot. And one thing you'll hear about the Talmud is that very often in the Jewish religion, the Talmud is considered even more authoritative than the Torah itself in terms of, functionally speaking, what people actually do. And you see the same thing happening in other religions. For example, in the Catholic religion, they claim to follow the Bible, right? That the religion comes from Scripture, and yet they have many customs that don't have anything to do with the Scripture. Where do those things come from? And what about the idea that the Pope is infallible in his teachings? Doesn't that mean, if he's infallible, that what he says is even above Scripture? There are Protestant groups like this. 
and some other groups, like, for instance, the Jehovah's Witnesses. They claim to follow the Scripture, and yet what the watchtower tells them, that's what they do. So this is something that is very common to many religions, not just to the Jewish religion. However, Yeshua was talking to people who were part of the Jewish religion. And I'm putting it that way, because it's a specific religion or sect that he was talking to. The Pharisees, not all Jews, okay? Not everybody who is a Jew. It's the Pharisees that he's talking to. And it goes on here, and it tells us about this particular tradition of hand-washing, and that this has nothing to do with hygiene. And I think that's important for us to know today when we're reading this, because, you know, most of us have a habit of washing our hands before we eat, especially if they're dirty. That's not what this is talking about. It has to do with religious reasons. As a matter of fact, as it brings out in one of my On the Road to Zion programs, it goes into this in some depth, where the Babylonian Talmud actually gives one reason for the hand-washing to get rid of demons. It was like a superstition to wash away the demons, and it had to do with practices of magic. Nothing to do with Scripture. So, it's interesting, too, that these same customs are still carried forward today. I think that's important for us to know that. Well, this is what Messiah said about this. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Now, from the book of Isaiah, where Yeshua here is quoting, and some people read that and they say, well, that doesn't exactly say what Messiah said. What's up with that? And you might just like to know that in the book of Mark, Messiah is actually quoting from the Greek Septuagint version of the Bible. And if you read it in Isaiah 29.13, from the Greek Septuagint version, it's exactly what Messiah quoted. We have it here in the Brenton English translation of the Greek Septuagint. The Lord has said, This people draw nigh to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching the commandments and doctrines of men. This is the very nature of dead religion. Dead religion is all about an outward form. You know, you could do outwardly the things that any religion will tell you without changing your heart even one little bit because it's all outward form. So you find this in most religions. What people look at is things like for these Pharisees, whether you wash or don't wash your hands. What does that tell you about somebody's heart? Nothing. 
Things like what kind of clothes you wear when you go to church. Does that tell you anything about somebody's heart? But if you want to be approved, you follow the dress code, right? The words you use. Any group of people, they have a certain vocabulary. If you use the right vocabulary, you're part of the in crowd. If you use the wrong vocabulary, eh, your people wonder about you. This is religion. And, you know, most people, they want to fit in somewhere. So people adapt to these traditions. However, Yahweh just feels differently about this because he's not happy with us just falling into some form. He's really after our heart. He wants a real relationship with us. So what he says about religion, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And in other words, teaching doctrines of men as if those doctrines are from God. That's really the implication, isn't it, in what they said to Messiah. Oh, you don't follow the elders. Oh, you don't follow God. Because to them, the elders and what they say is one and the same as with God. Other religions do the same thing, don't they? Oh, you don't follow the Pope. You're not following God. You don't follow the watchtower. You don't follow God. You know, whatever religion it is, it's like this. What Yahweh would have you do is get to know him and his word and keep his commandments, not just what people tell you. We try very hard to be faithful to that here at Zion because we don't want you believing anything just because we said it. This is why we do Zion Academy. So you yourself can dig into the scriptures and see for yourself what Messiah is saying to you, what his word is saying to you, because that is what is important. People make mistakes. Sometimes people will tell you the wrong thing. They don't mean to, but it can happen. Our Father in heaven makes no mistakes. Messiah said, You set aside the commandment of Elohim and hold tightly to the tradition of men. So, do you see how that works? The tradition has the higher priority. That's what he's talking about. This is what they were doing. They had their tradition, it had a higher priority than the commandment, so that they ended up setting aside the commandment. Full well do you reject the commandment of Elohim that you may keep your tradition. This is what they were doing. And uh, this just, you know, this is the Pharisees, and once again, you can take exactly the same principle and apply it to other religions. You know, this just fits in many, many, many different scenarios with many different groups. He gave the example of honoring your father and your mother. 
and people could use this idea of Corbin or a gift to God as a way not to give to their parents. But what Messiah is talking about here is something even more sinister, and that is the religious leaders telling people, don't give that to your parents, give it to the temple, which means give it to us. Give it to us. You know, sometimes religious leaders can become very greedy and twist the scriptures to take your money. Not that you've ever seen anybody like that. Does this mean ministries don't have a need? You say that would be a distortion too, wouldn't it? But in the scriptures, it tells us that Yahweh's people give willingly. They don't need somebody to twist their arm and to tell them lies and coerce them into giving. They give willingly. But these guys, they were saying to people there, well, don't give that to your parents. Give it to us, and then it'll be a gift to God. Then God's going to like you more because you gave it to him instead of your parents. Only Yahweh said, honor your father and your mother. So is he really going to like you better because you did that? You see what I'm saying? It's a total misrepresentation of who he is and his whole purpose in this commandment. Did that make Messiah mad, do you think? I think it did. Because he took very personally the reputation of his father. Do you? I do. I take it very personally. I don't want people, particularly people who claim to know him, misrepresenting him. I find that upsetting. Yeshua said, you do many things like this. So this is just one example of many, right? Many traditions among the Pharisees where they're actually overriding the commandment of God. That's what he said, many things. Not just a few things, many things. Well, here again is from the Jewish New Testament commentary. The rabbinic elaboration of the formulas and rules concerning oaths and vows can be found in Kalmud tractates Shavuot and Nadarim. A korban is something brought near to God, and it brings the offerer near to God. Still in the book. Still in the book. It says, Yeshua's objection is to bad priorities. Vows and oaths are not to be used selfishly to give a pretext for avoiding 
doing what God, love, and righteousness require. And then I wanted to just talk about the essence of what he had to say about food. Now, Mark 7, 18 through 19 says this, Don't you perceive that whatever goes into the man from outside can't defile him because it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach, then into the latrine, thus purifying all foods. So what is Messiah saying? If you get some food and it's got a little dirt on it, does it make a difference? Not really. Because your body has the means to get rid of it. That's what he's saying. So it doesn't really defile you. It just goes right through your body. That's what he's saying. Well, in what context is he saying that, and what does it mean? Well, again, quoting from the Jewish New Testament commentary, thus purifying all foods, even if the participants at the meal have not washed their hands. You see, that's what Messiah is talking about. He's talking about this custom or tradition of having to wash your hands before you eat the food. That's what he's talking about. And it goes on saying this, but Yeshua did not, as many suppose, abrogate the laws of Keshret and thus declare them kosher, or declare ham kosher. He wasn't saying, okay, now we're just going to change the Torah and what it says about what food is food and what isn't food. In fact, elsewhere, as we've studied, he said he wasn't going to change one word that's in the Torah. That's what he said. So he wasn't changing what the Scripture specifically says about what we can eat or not eat. That's not what he was talking about. He's talking about specifically this hand-washing thing. And that's what the commentary is bringing out. He said, that which proceeds out of the man, that defiles the man. For from within, out of the hearts of men, proceed evil thoughts, adultery, sexual sins, murders, thefts, coveting, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Can religious people have an evil heart? Well, of course. Happens all the time, doesn't it? What about all these headlines about priests sexually abusing children, using their position to do that? Isn't that talking about people with evil hearts? What about the people I was talking about the, that use religion as a way to make themselves rich? Is that not an evil heart? 
religion will do nothing to help you in terms of your heart. Not a single thing. Religion doesn't have the power to change your heart for good. And this is the big danger of traditions. Because people who keep religious traditions often think that those traditions are making them righteous. But nobody has ever become righteous by keeping religious traditions. By the way, neither has anybody ever become Jewish by keeping Jewish traditions. What makes you an Israelite is keeping the commandments of the God of Israel. Not keeping traditions of men. Yeshua said that people nullify the commandments through the misuse of traditions because of evil in their heart. Do you understand that? That's what he's talking about here, because he's talking about these traditions, and then he's talking about all the evil that comes out of your heart. Two and two makes four. What he's saying here is traditions that override the Word of God come out of an evil heart. So are all traditions bad? Is that what I'm saying? Well, Messiah here is specifically condemning traditions that effectively replace the commandments, thus invalidating them. So any tradition that has that effect of setting aside the commandments of Yahweh is bad. But not all traditions do that, do they? And therefore, not all traditions are bad. That's important to understand. Because we wouldn't want to say of people who keep certain traditions that they're being evil because they have traditions when those traditions are not leading them away from the Word of God. So we have to be careful about this. And you know, we exist in a world where there's a lot of different believers in Messiah. You just take, for instance, the Messianic realm. Okay, you have Messianic Jews. And in many cases, they keep a lot of Jewish traditions. What are they going to do, and how are we going to deal with them if they keep more traditions than we do? How are we going to get along with them? How are we going to rebuild the nation of Israel where you have different groups that are keeping different traditions? How is that going to work? Well, it's not easy, is it? Here's some guidelines. Deuteronomy 4.2. You shall not add to the word which I command you, 
neither shall you take away from it, that you may keep the commandments of Yahweh. And Proverbs 35 and 6, every word of Elohim is flawless. He who is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Don't you add to his words, lest he reprove you and you be found a liar. I think those Pharisees should have read these verses and thought about them for a while before they thought, well, let's add some things so that people will keep the Torah better. The Torah itself says, don't do that, right? Isn't that what that says right there? Don't add to the word which I command you? It's just what it says. So when you have words that come from some religious authority that are not sanctioned by the Scripture, but in fact prevent people from keeping the commandments, that is a direct violation of the Torah right here. So while not all traditions are bad, we have to realize some traditions have an effect that is bad and that is even prohibited. So we have to look carefully at traditions, at religious traditions. And we have to reject every tradition that is contrary to Scripture. Well, what about that? There can't be many, right? I mean, most of the traditions are okay. There's only a few. Oh, wait a minute. Messiah said, you do many things like this. I read that phrase, and you know what it says to me? I need to be very cautious about traditions. Very cautious. Because Yeshua says there are many Jewish traditions that make void the commandments. Many. So, just telling you what I do, okay? If I don't know the origin of a certain tradition and what it's really about, I can't really do it, <laughs> you know? I'll give you an example of one of the things I'm talking about. I hope nobody will be offended because I don't mean to offend anybody. But there's a lot of folks that like to light candles on Sabbath. And I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong, lighting candles. I don't know where that custom came from. I've done some research on it. I can't find it. I don't see anything in the Scriptures telling us to light candles for Sabbath. I do see there's lots of religions that are not biblical religions that light candles for various reasons. I'm worried that maybe lighting candles came in as a result of contact with some of these pagan ideas. Do I know that's true? I don't. But in case it is true, I can't do it. 
And I'm not condemning anybody that does it. I'm just telling you, that's how it is for me. And that's really how I treat these traditions. And uh, I find that what you're going to find among Messianic believers, you'll find some who are more cautious about traditions, like I am, and then you'll find some who follow more traditions. And if we respect the conscience of one another, we're going to be okay, right? It's not for me to decide for somebody else what traditions they're going to follow or not follow. And it's not for them to judge me because I'm not washing my hands before I eat or any other kind of tradition. You know, judge me on the basis of the Scriptures, right? So this is what we're looking at when we look at tradition. And I'm very hopeful that Yahweh himself and his son, Yeshua Messiah, is so important to the remnant of Israel that we will come to grips with this issue. That we will be able to love one another enough to leave room for people to traverse this whole question using their own conscience, the scriptures, and the Spirit of God, and that He will draw us together into a place where we have unity as His remnant nation. And clearly, we're not quite there yet but we see a movement more and more in that direction. One other thing I wanted to say about this is simply this. While here at Zion headquarters, we are primarily from the tribe of Judah here. However, having said that, we don't generally practice the Jewish traditions. And the reason for that, aside from the things I've already spoken about, is that we are here to minister to the needs of the remnant from all of the tribes of Israel. So, as the remnant comes back and returns to the commandments and to Yahweh and to our nation, we do not in any way want to be binding upon them traditions that even our fathers could not keep, and traditions that, in some cases, Messiah said they shouldn't be keeping. So, we have a different perspective than congregations that are specifically Messianic Jewish congregations that are ministering specifically to Jewish people. And I believe that since we're all disciples of Yeshua Messiah, we can have unity with one another, even though we have this difference. So what I wanted to touch on is some things 
tonight about tradition that's not directly in the material, but I think suggested by the material, to answer certain questions that I think that some of you may have or have had about tradition and what we think about it here and where we're going with this. I guess one other thing that I should say is that customs often become tradition. And this is not necessarily a bad thing. For example, our meetings. You know, our Sabbath meetings. We follow a certain order in our Sabbath meetings. Is this Scripture? <laughs> no. It's the best way that we can stream this out to you. It takes something that is planned and organized and orderly in such a way that we can do this. If we weren't doing that, and we were just meeting here in our congregation, our meetings primarily would be very different because it would be us meeting together, and it wouldn't be as planned out in the way that it is. So that's what we would encourage you to do. You know, participate with us in our Sabbath meetings and in Zion Academy. That's a certain aspect of worship. We're kind of like all growing together in learning His Word and even learning how to present His Word. But then there's the other part of it, which is your local fellowship, and that's something that you can participate in together in a less structured form that allows for more freedom for everyone and for the Holy Spirit to be moving within the group. We really suggest both of these ways of coming to grips with His Word. And I think in one way, by participating with us, you're participating with the remnant on a worldwide basis, whereas in a more informal group locally, you're dealing with your local congregation. So that's what we suggest. But even though we have this as a, our custom of how we do it, does this mean that this is on the level of Scripture, that we do it like this? And of course, the answer to that is no. It's what we find to be the best way we can bring this to you right now. Conditions could change, and we'd end up doing it entirely differently. So I think that's the difference between traditions of men that replace the Scripture and traditions that are just helpful to us in what we're doing in serving God. Because traditions like that, they're not viewed as Scripture. They're just something that's helpful and they can change as circumstances change. So this is really the difference. Traditions change. The commandments of God don't change, right? That's why the Ten Commandments were written in stone. That's the reason. And ultimately, all of this is about our heart. And really, if we have that connection between ourselves and Yeshua, that will guide us in dealing with these issues. And it'll make what might sometimes seem kind of complicated a lot more simple, because it's just us and our Father.
both been listening to Hebraic Insights in the Gospels. Some of the scripture verses referenced in today's program are Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2, and Proverbs 30, verse 5 through verse 6. Further teachings and study materials on Tradition, the Commandments of Elohim, Zion Ministry, Zion Academy and Zion Shabbat Meetings, Shabbat, Unclean Foods, The Heart, and Being an Israelite, along with many other related topics, can be found at our membership site, Zion Tabernacle. Sign up is free. Just go to zion.net. That's T-S-I-Y-O-N dot N-E-T. New programs on the Gospels will be airing every Sabbath on Zion Road Radio. Tune in next Shabbat to learn more from Hebraic Insights in the Gospels. Shabbat Shalom! Stand at the crossroads and look Ask for the ancient The restoration of the remnant of Israel is one of the most undertaught, neglected, and unknown major events in Bible prophecy. A strange fact, since prophecies and references to this event can be found all throughout almost every major book of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Now, Yahweh has raised up Zion ministry to teach His remnant nation of Israel everything they need to know about this often neglected truth in His perfect timing. To learn who the remnant of Israel is, what the Zion mission is, and why we teach the things we do, go to our website at zion.org and click on Remnant Vision in the menu bar. That's T-S-I-Y-O-N dot O-R-G. My own, I brought.